Welcome to What's Up with Dr. Rupp, where we explore the supernatural. I'm your host, Dr. Melissa Rupp. Hi, and welcome back to our series on supernatural healing. Um, before we get started, I just have a couple of quick announcements. There are only a few weeks left to sign up for the Mountain Mover School of Supernatural Ministry. If you're interested in that, you can go to melissarupp.com for more information and to sign up. And another second announcement, I'm asking you to pray about becoming a monthly partner with my ministry so I can take the gospel further. I don't make any money doing podcasts. And if if this podcast has blessed you, I'm just asking you to consider sewing financially. Um, I would really like to offer more online learning opportunities, but to do that, I would need to pay some upfront fees to upgrade my hosting site, the streaming service that I use, um, and then some equipment. I need some equipment updates and I cannot do what I want to do with my current setup. So a lot of hands, many hands make light work. And if I can just get several people to donate even five or $10 a month, that would be amazing and would help tremendously. So if you are interested in giving, pray about it. Um, you can go to melissarup.com. You can click on the give tab and there is an option to set up. So it will automatically um, come out on a monthly basis if you want to do that. And you can enter whatever dollar amount you desire to do. So we're going to jump right into today's um, podcast lesson session, whatever you want to call it. Um, first, we're going to do a quick recap, and then we are going to talk today about the anointing for supernatural healing. So we talked about how it is God's will, all three members of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, it's the will of God for us to have healing. It is the thief, the devil, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy but Jesus came to give us life and life in abundance. That's John 10, 10. So God doesn't make us sick. The devil does. Um, God does not give us sickness to teach us a lesson or to punish us. It is the devil who comes to do that, to steal, kill, and destroy. And he can do that with sickness and an early death. So we talked about how one of God's names is Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord who heals us. I did a whole podcast episode on that, episode 23. Jehovah Rapha is a covenant name. So believers are in covenant with God. It is a promise. The promise of healing is in God's very name that he calls himself Jehovah Rapha. The Bible says that we have authority over all sickness and over all demons and demons bring many times sickness and disease. And we have authority over that. Um, and one of the things that um, we have talked about on here before is how Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil and how Jesus said that the things that he did, we will do. So today we're going to talk about um, one of God's healing methods, which is via the anointing. And for those of you who need healing or want to learn how to pray for people who need healing, you're going to want to pay attention. So we're using material from my book, Keys to Healing, and I think it's chapter five is the, is the chapter on healing methods. So that is what we are using for this podcast series. And my books are on Amazon if you'd like to grab a copy. Um, there are lots and lots of different ways that God can choose to heal somebody. We don't ever want to put him in a box. I've been healed in very different and unique ways before. Um, I've been healed in dreams. I've been healed through angels. And God can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. Um, we've talked about how healing can be instant. It can be gradual. It can happen in stages. And sometimes it can happen um, suddenly, like days or even weeks later. And sometimes a healing 
would be too traumatic for our bodies if it happened instantaneously. So sometimes it, it happens gradually so that we don't have that trauma to our bodies. So again, today we're going to talk about healing via the anointing. And Isaiah 10, 27 says that it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. So it's the anointing that sets captives free. And we have a measure of the anointing in us because when we receive salvation, we have the Holy Spirit who comes to live in us. And so we have the anointing from the Holy Spirit in us. But the anointing can also come upon you and then it can also leave you. So it can come upon you for um, certain tasks. It can come upon you to... Um, for healing. It can come upon you for um, like a healing meeting. There are different times and different ways that the anointing can come upon you, but it can also leave you. So right before Jesus was taken up to heaven, he told his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That was Acts 1.8. So God wants to anoint us just like he anointed Jesus. And the Bible says that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. So in Acts 10.38, it says God anointed, anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. So he's healing the people who are under the power of the devil. And remember, a house divided against itself can't stand. It's the devil who comes to bring sickness. Jesus comes to give us life and life in abundance. Um, and in fact, Jesus did not start his ministry until he was baptized and the Holy Spirit came to rest on him. And we get that from John or from Matthew 3.16. It says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. Okay, so we talked about how the anointing can also then leave you. So it can come upon you, it can leave you. Especially when you grieve the Holy Spirit, it can lift off and leave. So we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. And some of the ways that we can do that are by grumbling and complaining and being judgmental and critical of other people. So another aspect of the anointing is that you can sow into the anointing of a person who is doing what you want to be doing. So if someone is anointed to do evangelism and that's what you want to do, or if they are anointed to do, um, to be a healing or deliverance minister, or um, if whatever they're anointed to do and that's what you want to operate in, you can sow into that. You can sow your time by serving. You can um so honor by honoring the person who's in, in ministry above you. And you can sell money into the person's ministry. And then you can reap from their anointing. People can be healed through an anointing that is on a place or on a person. So if there's a ministry or a church that has a certain anointing, people can be healed because of the anointing that is on that church or that ministry. And God can also drop a situational anointing onto a person to accomplish healing for a particular person, uh, a group of people, for a time frame. And through the Holy Spirit, people can be given anointings to accomplish their purposes and their callings, including an anointing for healing. And we get that from 1 John 2.27 and 2 Corinthians 1.21. I talked in my book about how one church that I had attended had a very strong presence of God and they would see many physical healings, supernatural miracle healings. And when God sent me to another church for a while, it did not have that same kind of anointing for healing. And God reminded me how I had heard the pastor of the prior church 
declare many times in his church that that church was a house of healing. And so when I had gone up on the platform to do announcements one day at the new church, God told me to publicly proclaim from that pulpit that it too, that new church was also a house of healing. And he did that because our words have power, they have creative power, but also when we decree a thing, it shall be established. God's word does not come back void. It accomplishes what it was sent for. And when we speak, God sends angels to, um, to back that up and he does things to make the, our words come to pass. And so our words can create a landing space for the Holy Spirit to move and operate. But <clears throat> I've heard of different ministers, several different ministers, I've heard um, say that people under their ministry come under the anointing that is on the leader. And so you can come under an anointing that is on the leader or on the leader's ministry or on a church, and it can give people under the head leader or the the ministry it can give them the same effectiveness when they are ministering um, we see in the bible how people would come into the presence of prophets and they would start to prophesy because when they came into contact with that anointing they it would rub off on them and they would start to prophesy as well so when saul came into the presence of prophets in first samuel he would start to prophesy um, god took the same anointing that was on moses for leadership and rulership and he gave it to an additional 70 people in Numbers 11. So that scripture says that he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on Moses and put it on the 70 elders so that they would be anointed to be able to lead and judge as well. Um, we see how the anointing rubbed off even from a dead man's bones. So Elisha he died. His bones were put in the spot. His bones were so anointed that when a dead man was thrown onto his bones, the man sprang back to life. So we see that in 2 Kings 13, 21. It says, once while some Israelites were burying a man, suddenly they saw a band of raiders. So they threw the man's body into Elisha's tomb. When the body touched Elisha's bones, the man came to life and stood up on his feet. So the anointing can rub off even when we're long gone and just our bones remain. You can feel the anointing sometimes as a feeling like electricity that can go down your arms, your legs, or your entire body. Um, I had been attending a book study at a friend's house and their dog in the past had displayed some kind of unusual and aggressive behavior toward visitors. And one day when I was at the house, I felt led to cast a spirit of fear out of the dog. And so I did that. And then I went back a few weeks later and I felt the anointing coming down my arm like electricity. And I had bent down to pet the dog and that was the arm that I felt the electricity on. And so when I went down to, to pet the dog, um, the moment I just very briefly and lightly touched the dog to start to pet it, the dog shrieked. It actually let out a shriek. Now it wasn't the dog, it was the demons in the dog. But there were shrieks that came from the dog and the dog quickly jumped away from me because of the anointing that it was feeling from me. And, um, the, you know, demonic spirits flee at the presence of God and at, at the anointing. We see in Acts 8, 7 that demons can leave with a shriek and the anointing will cause that to happen. It brings deliverance where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. There is liberty where the spirit of the Lord is. And the anointing can also cause people to be healed. 
So Acts 8, 7 says, With shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So we see that impure spirits came out and people were healed because of the anointing, delivered and healed. So the anointing is powerful. It's not able to be resisted. I have another story about a conference that I was at one time. And so at this conference, I was invited to go to the front and, and pray for other people. And as I went down, I noticed that this woman that the Holy Spirit had previously pointed out to me, she was a witch. Uh, she was actually going along and laying hands on people who were laid out on the ground or who were in line to receive prayer. And so I went over to where she was at and she was getting ready to lay hands on a woman who was standing up wanting prayer. And before she could get to the woman, I quickly put my hand on the woman's so it would have been the left arm of the woman. So I put my hand on the woman's left arm and the the woman who the Lord showed me was a witch. She reached out her hand and then put her hand on the woman's right arm. And as soon as she touched the woman's right arm, she um, quickly, she like pulled her hand away and jumped back really quickly as if she had been shocked or electrocuted. Um, I didn't ask what happened, but both ladies were stunned and I I had a sense in my spirit of what was happening, but I had gotten the impression that because of the anointing that was on me, um, that it had gone through this woman's arm. And when the other lady touched her, she actually got shocked. And I think it was pretty, pretty of a nasty shock because she quickly pulled her hand back and, and jumped back. So the anointing can be released. It can transfer to other people. So if you're praying for somebody, it, it can, you know, affect other people if other people are laying their hands on people. Or if you're in a circle praying and, and the anointing is flowing and everybody's holding hands, it can, it can transfer through the circle. So it, the anointing can come on you for just a specific certain situation as well. Um, there's a situational anointing that had come upon me for um, this man. I was asked to go pray for him. He was in the hospital and in a coma. His organs were shutting down. His friends and family were told that it would be a miracle if he lived. And he was not expected to live. And so I was asked on a Sunday to go pray for him at the hospital. I checked my schedule and I said, hey, I think I can go on Thursday. But I heard the Lord tell me he won't make it that long. And so I quickly um, let my friend know. I said, I, I can go Monday morning. So Sunday I was asked, I made, I just squeezed it in and changed some things so I could go Monday morning. And when I got there, the Lord provided this powerful, tangible anointing when I, when I got to the hospital and after prayer, this man's body started to slowly heal. He woke up from the coma and after some recuperation time, he was released from the hospital and he is still living to this day. So the anointing can provide powerful healing. John G. Lake was a, um, a healing minister, and he was a very godly man. He was known for healings that took place during his minister ministry in the early 1900s, um, largely in Africa, but also in the northwestern part of the United States. And in 1910, he had a team of people who arrived in Africa, and there was a plague that was taking the lives of many people there. And Robert Liarden, in his book, God's Generals, Why They Succeeded and Why Some Failed, reported that in less than one month, a quarter of the population had died because this plague was so contagious. And it was so contagious, in fact, that the government was offering $1,000 back then in the early 1900s to any nurse who would care for the sick. And Lake and his, his assistants, they volunteered to help for free. And in this book, the author described how Lake and his assistant would go into homes, they would bring out and bury the dead, and they would have no effects from the plague. And a doctor sent to him, and he wanted to know, what are you doing to protect yourself? And Lake responded, brother, 
It is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I believe that as long as I keep my soul in contact with the living God so that his spirit is flowing into my soul and body, that no germ will ever attach itself to me for the spirit of God will kill it. And he let the doctor run experiments and under the microscope, um, they took um, foam from the lungs of a dead plague victim and they looked at it under a microscope and the germs would die in John G. Lake's hands. So the anointing, um, miracles follow and, um, you know, with this healing anointing on John G. Lake, it killed the plague. The anointing flowed into the bodies of the afflicted people. It brought healing to an unknown number of people throughout his ministry, but it also protected him and killed the plague that would come into contact with him. The anointing was so strong that it would kill the plague and people would be healed. So miracles follow the person with the anointing and just one moment under the anointing can result in miracles that are rarely seen otherwise. I'm going to leave off with that for today. And if you are interested, I do have a course, an online course called Keys to Healing that is based off of my book. It's available if you want to go to my website, melissarupp.com and check it out. And if you want to invite me to come speak at your event or to do training for you, um, all of that is available, donations, all of it is available on my website, melissarupp.com. Be blessed and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Join me next time as we continue to explore the supernatural on What's Up with Dr. Rupp.